Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 29. Tia. This was going to be awkward. Everything about it was confusing and complicated. I didn't know if I should try explaining to people or just let them think whatever they wanted to think. Though Bricks constantly reassured me that everything would be okay and things would work their way out, I still felt apprehensive about our situation. For instance, Tutu called me wanting to come over for the weekend. First, I had to let his mama, Misha, know I was no longer with Major, because, let's face it, people were used to the back and forth between me and Major and always felt like we were together even when we weren't. But this time, I had to let it be known that it was for good. So when we, Bricks, me and the kids, showed up to pick Tutu up, Misha was somewhat confused when she walked Tutu out to Bricks' vehicle. That action in itself was odd to me, because whenever I come to pick Tutu up, she never brought him to the car. She'd just send him out her apartment door. Surprised by my presence in the passenger seat, Misha eyed me with her brows knitted together in bafflement. Oh, hey Tia. I didn't know you was out here with bricks. Hey, I replied quietly. I couldn't quite decipher the expression on her face, but I could tell she was trying to figure out why I was in the car with bricks. I thought you said you and Major ain't together no more, she commented. Before I could answer, Brick said, They ain't, but what she got to do with me picking up my grandson? Misha shook her head and gave an apologetic shrug. Nothing, I guess. My bad. How come you ain't never asked me to join y'all? You've been invited before, Bricks contested, so don't even start with that shit, Misha. She chuckled. I'm playing. Where's Charmaine at? She know you got another woman in the car with you? Bricks simply shrugged, staring at her intently, waiting for her to say something else. Growing uncomfortable under his stare, Misha began to back away from the truck wearing a little smirk. Well, I guess I'll see you later when you bring him back, or is he going to spend the whole weekend with you again? Oh no, More than likely. I'll let you know, Briggs answered. Alright, she said and turned away to head back to her apartment. Before pulling off, Briggs looked over at me, gauging my state of mind. Was that too bad? I shook my head, but I know she's probably going to call Major as soon as she get in the house. She probably will, but what the fuck they gonna do? I told you I got this. I got you. Relax and enjoy this day. I gave him a nod of acknowledgement and turned to look out the window. The kids' chatter never ceased during that exchange. Therefore, I hoped Tutu hadn't picked up on anything strange as of yet. I knew the moment would come when we would have to explain to him that who he thought to be his daddy's girlfriend was now his granddaddy's girlfriend.
On top of that, the child I was carrying would also be Tutu's uncle or aunt, as well as understanding that Rang was now his aunt. Ugh. This is so cringy. Only time would diminish the weight of this situation. We're on our way to Brix's family gathering in celebration of his grandmother. Was I a bit uncomfortable about going around Brix's family as his girlfriend? Hell yes. But the majority of them didn't even know me as Major's girlfriend, so I felt a little at ease about that. Before heading to his brother's house, Brick said he had to make a stop somewhere. To my surprise, he drove us to a newly established subdivision of many mansions located in the Paradox. Many of the lots were currently under construction, but there are many big, pretty houses already standing in their grandeur. He pulled along the road of a lot with an already framed structure, but no exterior materials just yet except for the house wrap. The yard was just dirt and gravel, and there were building materials stacked in various spots. I asked, Is this the house you're getting built? Bricks nodded. Is this our house? Rain asked in awe. Tutu stated, It's Poppy's house, but it ain't done yet. He said I'ma have my own room when it's done. Whoa, Taj exclaimed. This is a big house. I would want to stay here. Would you, Mama? It is a nice house, I smiled, admiring the unfinished structure. From the looks of the other finished homes on the street, I knew that this one was going to be just as spectacular. Brick said, it'll be a couple more months before it's finished. It's still just framed inside. No walls and shit yet. I will take y'all in, but I don't want nobody getting hurt. But Tia. When he didn't complete a statement, I turned to face him. He gave me one of his probing looks. Understanding the implication, I shied away and continued to stare out the window, still wearing a smile. I asked, what are you doing with the house you're in now? Charmaine and the twins was all he said. I knew he wouldn't be that cruel and put Charmaine out on her ass simply because he cared too much about Amari, Mercedes, and Lexus. I wondered, though, if Charmaine would be able to appreciate his kindness, knowing he shouldn't give a fuck about her. I mean, after all, she had been fucking Major a while. Something told me to go through Major's old phone again for shits and giggles. He never knew I had memorized the pattern passcode, but since switching to his iPhone, he hadn't guarded the old phone like he used to. In fact, he had left it behind and I placed it in the box of things I planned to trash. Before tossing it all, I had to show Shiva and Shante some of the disgusting stuff on it for a good laugh. And lo and behold, guess who was in there sucking his dick? And it was time stamped with a date going back to April. Brick said playfully, you think we'll have enough room? How many bedrooms, I asked. Five, and an in-law suite. I figured it all out in my head. Of course it will be enough room. Then it all hit me. Was this real? Were me and Bricks really going to try and have a life together? What if? I just didn't want to end up regretting any of this. Sometimes the characteristics shared with Major made the cynical side of me show up on full alert. Major's inconsistent behavior made me doubtful. And even though Bricks said he understood, I was afraid my insecurities would push him away. It was no question that they acted like each other in some instances. And in others, they were so different. At the end of the day, it was obvious they were father and son. Isn't Charmaine getting this house with you? I inquired. He shook his head. Her name ain't on shit, but she did put out some of the finishes. When the office opens on Monday, I'll ask him if it's too late for us to make changes. It wasn't necessary, but I liked the way those words sounded. I grinned. Us? He smiled, stretching his arm towards me to take my hand into his. Yeah, us. Me and you. My skeptical mind wouldn't let me not hear Major saying the same thing. However, the difference was with Major, 
the me and you and the us was based on what I provided in the relationship. It was comforting to know that I could rely on Briggs to contribute to whatever life we wanted to share. In the meantime, I knew I had to work on my insecurities and learn to let go and just welcome what Briggs would bring to me and the kids' lives. After arriving at Briggs' brother Junior's house, I was introduced to several family members as Briggs' lady, and not one person batted an eye. They didn't even question Charmaine's whereabouts. Everyone was so nice and accepting, which was a totally different vibe I received when I had gone around Major's mother's family. The Millers were a little bit more class than Dina's people. Most of them appeared to be high working class or middle class, but with an edge of street like Bricks. I met Bricks's 90-year-old grandmother, Flora, who was still agile and healthy. She didn't say much, just sat back and observed, eyes filled with love, warmth, and adoration for her tribe. She was beautiful, small, petite, with snow-white hair worn in a neat bun to the back, and she looked so cute in her hot pink and white Nike tracksuit with her white New Balance shoes. Of course, Bricks had to point out that somebody was slacking when they let Miss Miller mix up the brand. Bricks' mother, Kit, hushed him and told him to leave his grandmother alone. Speaking of Bricks' mother, Kit was the sweetest. To my surprise, Rain was excited to see her and ran up to her, referring to her as Granny. Apparently, Bricks had already taken Rain around his family and had gotten her used to them. Even Taj was comfortable around a couple of them. People poured in, some staying and others just swinging by to speak and run off. Junior's house was occupied in every corner. I was truly enjoying myself, and I thought I had died and gone to heaven when I started stuffing my face with all the food they had sitting out. I tried everything at least twice. And then they showed up. I immediately looked around the area for bricks. I didn't see him and assumed he was outside in the back where a bunch of other men were hanging and tending the fish frying in the grill. I continued to sit at the formal dining room table beside Supreme's new girl, Jada, and Dub's wife, Kiana, along with a few other female family members. My eyes fixed on Major and Dina as they went around greeting everyone and exchanging jovial banter. They seemed to be in good spirits, but I sensed that would all change once their eyes landed on mine. Vonda tapped me, snatching my focus from the mother and son duo. She leaned in and whispered to me, Don't let them be in here bother you. You hear me? I nodded, returning my attention back to them. Dina got stuck in the kitchen, catching up with a few older ladies, but Major continued around into the dining room. What up, fam? He threw out there, but did a double take in my direction. His lips turned up in a taunting smirk. Why are you here? Same reason you are. I kept my tone stiff. This is my family. Last time I checked, you ain't got no ties to anybody here, unless it's some shit you need to speak on. Fonda spoke up. Major, don't start no mess. Everybody here trying to have a good time. It's Nana's birthday and she probably ain't going to have many more left. So yeah, don't bring that stuff up. Don't mess this up. Kit walked in wearing a bright smile. She wrapped one arm around Major and said, Boy, how come I ain't heard from you? You don't never come around no more. My bad, Grandmama, Major said as he hugged her. Where's little Major, she asked. Dina then walked in and her eyes instantly transforming into daggers immediately landed on me. There go your bitch ass. Dina, Kit scolded. Dina ignored any disapproving looks and tried to walk upon me. Vonda went into action by hopping up to shield me from Dina. You ain't nothing but a whore, Dina spat in my direction. The commotion started receiving attention from the others in the house. Somebody please go get Broderick, Kit cried in despair. Dina sneered with disgust. Of all the goddamn people in the fucking world, you gonna fuck around with bricks. Major's daddy, my motherfucking ex, that shit don't even sound right.
This was embarrassing and definitely what I feared the most. I sat there unresponsive as she threw more obscenities and disparaging comments my way while Major sniggled and giggled, having him a good old time. Hell, you would have looked better fucking his brother or homie or somebody else, but bricks? Dina was animated. It also seemed as though she was more upset with the betrayal as if I had wronged her. What's all this noise for? Bricks' daddy, Marlon, entered wearing a scowl. I'm sorry, Mr. Marlin, Dina said as she snatched away from Vonda. She jabbed her fingers in my direction. This girl right here causing friction between your son and your grandson by fucking on them both. This bitch called herself trying to hurt Major, but all she's doing is making herself look like a whore and stupid at the same goddamn time. Kit's lips tightened as she addressed Dina. Listen here, you gonna stop with all this cussing and carrying on like a madwoman, Dina. This ain't my house, it's my son's, but I will kick you out this bitch if I have to myself. Supreme showed up at his grandmother's side, glowering Major's way. Bruh, this shit ain't even funny or cool. Major's amused expression dimmed. Fuck you too, nigga, because I know you knew about that nigga B fucking Tia. Speaking of B, Brick still hadn't shown up. Didn't he say it would protect me? I felt defenseless against Dina and Major bringing my transgressions to the forefront for people to judge. Supreme said, actually, I didn't. I don't be all in y'all's business like that. And this beat between you and daddy is between you and daddy. I'm just saying, do this shit at another time. Vonda co-signed. That's what I'm saying, nephew. Yeah, y'all gonna have to go, Marlon said. Y'all acting all ignorant and shit. Not. And then y'all wonder why I don't like coming around y'all motherfuckers, Major Spat. This shit here. I've been told you about your daddy's people, Dina growls. That warned her a lot of disdainful looks. What do you mean by that? Kid asked. Marlon nudged at his wife. Baby, don't even address it. Just make sure mama in there all right. Kit cut her eyes at Dina. I ain't never liked her, Marlon, and she's always filled Major's head with all that foolishness. Dina retorted, I know you ain't never liked me, and y'all always treated my son like he was an outcast. As Kit and a few others expressed their objections, Briggs finally showed up coming from the front of the house. His face was screwed up like he was ready for war. Dub walked in behind him, and behind Dub, Charmaine slowly slithered her way inside the dining room. Everyone's eyes seemed to fall on her. So, this was where he was while I was being verbally attacked? I was so ready to go and decided in that moment that Bricks wouldn't have to worry about me ever. The fuck is going on? Bricks barked. He looked towards me and asked, You okay? My lips remained pursed as I cut my eyes at him. Dina turned to Bricks with disappointment etched on her face. You really gonna do that to your own son, Bricks? Mama, you act like you shocked by this weak-ass nigga, Major jeered. Weak? Bricks echoed with a scoff. Nigga, let me tell your bitch ass. He began to walk upon Major, but Dub held him back. Nah, Bricks, Dub said. Don't even let the nigga get to you like that. Fuck him. I'm done with his ass, Bricks snarled. Major spat. I'm done with your ass, too. Dina softened as she looked towards Bricks desperately. Bricks, it ain't right. You don't let no woman come between y'all. That's your son. Fix it. Why don't you fix your feet and walk your ass along with your bitch-ass son up out my brother's house, Bricks told her. Appalled, Dina said. So that's how you talking to me now? Bricks posed. I guess you don't know about Major and Charmaine, huh? Since you keep focusing on what me and Tia are doing. There were murmurs and whispering floating around the room. Dina lowered her eyes with shame. Well, he said something about it. I don't know the whole story, but getting back with Tia to get back at him ain't the way, and you know it. 
Briggs chuckled while shaking his head. That's what y'all think? Me and Tia didn't happen on some get-back shit. We fucked around years ago and had no idea we had Major in common until last year. When we realized it, it wasn't like we were fucking around. It had been ended, but then I had to help Tia out with a place to live in. But why was he telling my business like that? He continued. Chemistry was still there and shit happened. It is what it is. But wasn't nobody thinking about neither one of their asses. Charmaine stepped up, hurt and distraught. Really, Bricks? Annoyed, he asked. Why are you still here? Who told you to bring your ass inside? Didn't I just tell you what it was? So, she's the reason you can never give me all of you? Charmaine started, voice quivering. You couldn't love me because of her? But if you had, I wouldn't have felt a need to go to other niggas. <laughs> nah, I showed you love. But you got beside yourself and ultimately played yourself, Briggs countered. Angry, Charmaine said. But you in love with her? Me being in love with her ain't got nothing to do with the fact that me and you were done, he said. Dina mocked. In love? That girl ain't shit and you gonna find out the hard way. Brick snapped. Listen here, Dina. Your son? He's a motherfucking bitch. Sometimes I can't even believe he got my blood, Miller's blood, running through his veins because he's a weak ass, pussy ass, fuck bitch nigga. He ain't shit and ain't never been shit. He don't want to work for shit and expect the world to be handed to him on a platter. And it's because of you he actually thinks that's how life works. It's also why you would think T ain't shit because the T you used to is the one that had to deal with all his bullshit. But trust and believe, the T I have is perfect. And it's why this time, I ain't gonna be without her. And I don't give any fucks about who don't agree with it. To hell with you and your son. My heart fluttered in my chest and tears threatened to burn my eyes. He said what he said with so much conviction and passion that for once not an ounce of doubt clouded my mind. Hell, even the other women were impressed and rapped by his words. Major chuckled wryly. You got that, B? Remember, you said that shit and you putting her bitch ass before your own flesh and blood. Bricks irate. Why the fuck you so delusional? The fuck's wrong with you? Like for real, my nigga, man, just get out. Just get out. Dina looked at Major. Come on and let's get out of here. I only want to say hi to everybody and see Miss Flora. They can have the rest of this bullshit. Marlon was losing his patience. Yeah, please just leave and let our family enjoy this day in peace. Shit, I know Mama in there probably having a fit. At the most inappropriate time, Rain came trudging in the dining room, lip poked out with remnants of cupcake icing smudged across her cheek. Oblivious to the adult tension in the room, she walked right up to Briggs. Poppy, Tutu being mean to me and saying I can't not be in the room because it's only boys. Briggs's tone changed up for Rain. Okay, baby, I'll be up there in a minute, but I'm going to need you to go back for right now. Still wearing a glower, she looked over at Major and Dina, but didn't say anything. She loudly whispered to Briggs, What are you doing here? Vonda, along with a few others, snickered. I got up and reached out for her hand. Come on and let me clean up your face. The next few seconds had gone by in a blur, and I couldn't retell the sequential order of things if I had to. All I knew was I was headed to the powder room, which I had to walk by where Dina, Major, and Charmaine were standing close to the foyer. Major let out a maniacal cackle before I heard him saying, Oh shit, this nigga's really Rain's daddy, the fuck? Maybe realizing that was Charmaine's triggering moment and she lost it. Or Major's revelation didn't influence her need to fight me at all. She just wanted to beat my ass. She lunged for me, but Briggs along with some others acted quickly to try and prevent her from touching me. 
I went into protective mode so Rain wouldn't get hurt. I heard Bricks yell out, She's pregnant, and on my granddaddy, I promise if you hurt her, I will choke the life out your ass. Vehemently, Charmaine bellowed, This bitch been smiling in my face all this time, and you telling me she carrying your baby? You really got me fucked up, Bricks. Fuck you and fuck her and that goddamn baby. She went for me again. But this time, a pretty little pink-handled handgun magically appeared in her hand. And it was pointed at me in rain. I froze. Everyone's cries began to fade. All I could remember was seeing the rage in Charmaine's eyes. She was going to pull that trigger. In her mind, her life as she had come to know was about to end, brought on by my existence and not by the seed she had sown. Though I had been terrified at the idea of having to face people's judgment about my entanglement with bricks, it had turned out to not be so bad. And seeing that Bricks was actually there, not letting me face that fear by myself was comforting, reassuring, genuine. Bricks was just on a profound level that I never experienced. He was the truth. I loved the way he handled me. I loved the way he made me feel. I loved his cool nonchalance and the fact that he wasn't perfect. Most of all, I loved that he was unapologetically him. I loved that when he rocked with you, he really rocked with you. He was a man of his word. He was empowering, intelligent, and business savvy. He was encouraging and loving and tentative. He was a great father and grandfather, a great lover and friend. He had many modes and would adjust accordingly. He could be vulnerable, but also exhibit unsurmountable strength at the same time. And it took me facing a barrel of a gun to come to the conclusion that being with him was everything I ever wanted and everything I ever needed. And now that I had it, I gasped in fear, shut my eyes tight, and shielded rain. Chapter 30. Major. Three months later. Tia. I hated thinking about that girl. Thoughts of her resurrected all the negative shit about me that I knew I needed to fix. Plus, I didn't like to be reminded of that day she had left me forever. Shit, I missed her. I really loved that girl. But I hated her at the same time. Life sure was a trip, though. One day, everything could be all good, and then, in a blink of an eye, it could all change. The tragic day of my Nana's 90th birthday gathering was an eye-opener, and one that I would always remember. Shit, after what went down, I had to sit my ass down and reevaluate my life, and approach things differently. I voluntarily gave up working for Bricks, and went back to working here and there with my mama's brother. I didn't work every day, because that shit was hard on a nigga's body, but for the time being, it would have to do. It wasn't a lot I could do, and that was why I was looking to going to school, either for trucking or barber school. Shit, something had to give. I was heading home on a Saturday evening, bumping Scarface's smile while reflecting on the past, and getting my thoughts together. I had my boys, Little Major, Tutu, and Tutu's little brother JJ with me. I had just gone to get everybody something to eat. I was looking forward to getting back in the house, smashing my food, getting lost on the PS5 I finally got as a gift, and maybe getting some head. After whipping into a gas station along the way, my music was interrupted by an incoming call. The screen inside my car displayed my dukes. What's up, my love? I answered. What you up to? Moms asked. Stopping at the store to get me some cigarettes, but on my way back to Misha's. When you bring the boys over here? I done told you, you ain't gotta stay over there, Major. I know. We'll be over there tomorrow, though, I said, hoping she'd get off the phone. I didn't feel like listening to her fuss about what I should be doing. Moms wanted me to get my life together while staying with her. 
She said it was safer and I could stay focused. I get all that. But moms could be worrisome. And staying with her wasn't the same as staying with a bitch. Plus, fucking with Misha kept her ass from putting a nigga on child support. Whenever she wasn't fucking with another motherfucker, as long as I came through every so often and chilled and broke her off some dick, Misha was cool. She was unproblematic and knew the game, which is why she never fucked with Tia when I was with her. Um, you know that girl called me looking for you, Mom said. Who? Kelly. She said something about your phone. She be alright until I get to her, I dismissed. Major. That girl just went through a miscarriage. Don't do her like that. That hoe lying. She wasn't pregnant to begin with. She's just trying to run game and make a nigga feel sorry for her ass. Like I said, mama, I ain't got time to deal with these stankin' ass hoes and they shit. They ain't fitting to hem my ass up. I'm done with that type of shit. On God. Well, I can't disagree with you on that. But you make sure y'all come over tomorrow. I'm a cook. Take care of your business and be careful out there. Call me later, okay? Alright. Love you. Love you too. Tell them boys I said I love them. Will do, I said and ended the call. I looked back at the boys. Y'all coming in? Can we get something? JJ asked. Yeah, one thing, I told him. I thought we would have been in and out, but little Major and Tutu couldn't make up their minds about what they wanted. I went to hurry them up at the chip section, but got stuck on my thoughts when a familiar figure standing in the back of the store by the drinks grabbed my attention. For the first time in three months, I was laying eyes on Tia. I wasn't sure if I should approach her and speak, or just ignore her and pretend I never saw her. Before I could look away, she turned around from selecting her drink and looked in my direction. She tensed up and her breath caught in her throat when she realized it was me standing there. Tutu looked in her direction and like a little bitch, his eyes lit up. Tia! Tia smiled as Tutu walked up to her and wrapped his arms around her. She said, Hey boy, no wonder you didn't call me this weekend. You're with your daddy. Yeah, but I'll probably call you next weekend, Tutu said. I'm sure you will, she laughed. Her eyes went to Little Major. Really? I know this ain't Little Major. Oh yeah, he just started coming down here, Tutu said. He pointed to Tia and explained to his brother, This Tia, Daddy's old girlfriend. Little Major offered her a friendly smile and a small wave. Well, it's nice to finally lay eyes on you in person, she said. Maybe your brother can give you my number and you can reach out to me anytime. Is it the same number? I asked. Her smile faded a little, and her eyes dimmed as she nodded. I'll give it to him, I told her. I looked at them. Y'all give me y'all stuff and go on out to the car. Once they were gone, I took a second to look Tia over, trying to see if life was being good to her. Her locks, now dyed burgundy, was curly, framing her face and seemed fuller than I remembered. Eyes still pretty and green, face fresh and clear, lips full and shining with gloss. She was wearing a multicolored sweater thing the rest below her ass. It was left open over a white v-neck tee. Her neck gleamed with a small circular diamond pendant. Her breasts seemed fuller, I guess to match the rounding of her belly now. Her pregnancy was showing, but I didn't know how far along she was. She was wearing jeans that fit snug to her hips, thighs, and ass. And on her feet were a pair of furry brown Ugg boots. She looked nice. Hell, she was actually pretty. It had been a while since she had carried herself this way. So if I had to... I guess I could conclude that life was treating her pretty damn good. How have you been? She asked. Good. How about you? She nodded. I've been good. I'm glad to see you stepping up with the boys. I'm trying, I humbly replied. Trying at the start, she said. An awkward silence wedged between us. She still wanted me. I could feel it. 
Regardless of the shit Brick spoke about that day, I knew Tia. We were connected on a whole different level. Tia only went along with what Bricks was showing her because I was off my square. If I possessed the same things Bricks had and hadn't been on any bullshit, I knew she would have chosen me over him. She had before and Bricks hated that shit with a passion. She gave me a forced smile and turned to walk away. Well, it was nice. Tia, wait, I said, grabbing her by her arm. She pulled away from me and stared back as if she was insulted. Don't touch me. Come on, man, don't be like that. You ain't gotta be tough all the time, I said. I know there's some fucked up shit between us, but we can let that shit stay in the past. She gave me a curt smile and said, Major, have a nice rest of your day. Seriously? She sighed and held up her left hand. Her ring finger was iced out with a badass ring. The motherfucker was huge. So, y'all getting married, I asked. She nodded, and before you ask, I'm happy. I'm the happiest I've been in a while. I'll be graduating school soon. My shop just had its grand opening with stylists already lined up wanting to secure a booth there. I'm engaged. We just moved into the house he had built from the ground. Baby has grown healthy and we're planning our wedding. There's... I didn't want to hear all that. All that's material shit, though. If he didn't have none of that, you'd still be on my nuts. She rolled her eyes and sighed. She walked away to get in line. I followed behind her. Tell the truth, Tia, I pressed. In my eyes, that nigga still ain't shit. I'll never fuck with his bitch ass again. Well, I guess the good thing that how you feel doesn't matter, she remarked sarcastically. Listen, outside of the material things, there's no words that I could even put together that could describe the respect and love I have for him. We went through a tough time after that day. It was traumatizing, and your daddy... Don't call that nigga my daddy. Okay. Bricks is just getting back to being his normal self, and with determination, he pushed through recovery so he could make sure me and the kids' needs and wants are being met. In my eyes, that man is everything, and you could only hope to be half the man he is someday. Ain't nobody trying to be like that fuck nigga. I spat. You should really aim for it, she retorted snidely. You'd be surprised how much your life would change, because I know mine has. I'm just so grateful that I'm in a place now where I can appreciate him. And then there's everything he's been for Taj and Rain. That day was traumatizing for Rain. She's still bringing it up and she suffers from nightmares. And guess who's there to comfort her all through it even while he himself is still healing and recuperating. And what's crazy is, I know if he had to do it all over again, Bricks would take another bullet for me and his daughter. She was next in line and placed her drink on the counter for the cashier to ring up. I said, he's still fucked up. I bet he didn't tell you that I was talking to Charmaine first, but he went behind my back and fucked her. She laughed lightly, shaking her head as she paid for her stuff. Aight, you ain't gonna think that shit's funny when he move on to the next bitch. You'll see he ain't too much different from me, little mama. I'm not worried. She took her drink and spun around to leave. She stopped and turned to me again. She opened her mouth to say something, but decided against it. She smiled in triumph before she threw her hand up in a farewell gesture and walked out of the store. After paying and getting my change, I snatched up my stuff and rushed out of the store. I halted in my stride when I saw that Tia was walking over to Bricks' Escalade at one of the gas pumps. Hanging out of the driver's side window was a cheesing rain. Mama, what took you so long? Rain asked. Tutu, JJ, and Little Major ran from the other side of the Escalade, heading over to my car. That's when I saw Bricks come around and greet Tia. He said something to her. She replied with a smile before they exchanged a kiss. He looked in my direction but did nothing. Not a smile, a wave, a head nod. Nothing. 
Fuck them. Well, not Rain. Even though she wasn't mine, there was a time I thought she was and I cared about her well-being. She was a sweet little girl who was now my baby sister. Ain't that some fucked up shit? But I really hoped that fearing for her life that day and witnessing Bricks being shot and leaking didn't mess baby girl up. As far as Charmaine's ass, she did too much. I had no idea she was that upset about Bricks fucking with Tia that she would try and kill the girl. Charmaine's ass was crazy and it was only a matter of time before she spazzed out on me. She was currently out on bond, but she was definitely facing some time. And all the Bricks people along with his testimony planned to see her dumbass punished for what she did. I headed back to my car where the boys were waiting patiently. I got in and started up the car. Before pulling off, I attended to some of my text messages. Me to Angie. W.I.D. love. You get those shoes I asked for? Me to Kelly. Stop calling my mom with that bullshit. She can't make me do nothing. But I'm going to need a few dollars when I come to see you later. Me to Tierra. Damn, bae. I can't wait to drop little Major off tomorrow. All I can think about is that fat ass. I miss that, ma. Me to Cookie. Hey, love. W.I.D. You miss me? Just saw your friend at the gas station. I was pulled from my phone when I heard the sweet melodious sound of a female's voice reciting the lyrics to the song playing in my car. Selling my soul for material witches, fast cars, and bitches. I looked up to see a cute, young-looking girl that had just exited the white BMW that was parked beside me. I hollered out the window, Hey, what you know about that? She threw me a smile. Enough? Quickly scanning over her attire, I noticed she was dressed in Versace. Her black quilted boots matched the same material as a big black purse hanging from her arm. She had them long-ass pointy nails with all that shit on them. Hair reached down to her ass in fluffy curls. Gold and diamond chains around her neck. Little mama looked like she was getting money from somewhere. I hopped out of my car, leaving the boys dumbfounded. What's your name? I asked. Detavia, she replied. My name's Major. You cute. Where your nigga at? I asked her. Teasing her, I said, I know you got one. She looked me up and down, surveying me with a smile. Yeah, she liked what she saw. She flirted. Who said I had one? Let me change that for you then. I caught my bottom lip between my teeth as I lustfully gazed down at her. She looked past me at the boys in the car. Them your kids? Nah, those are my badass nephews. Just took them to get something to eat. You know how it is. You got kids? She shook her head. I smiled. That's what's up. Let me get your number or something. She gave me a skeptical look. Oh no, you ain't no fuck boy, are you? Because that's all I seem to attract lately. I chuckled. Fuck boy? Nah, little mama, far from it. I'm a rare breed. Nah, I'm beyond no fuck shit. I'm about my hustling, about my bread. As long as you treat me like the king I am, I'll elevate your life. Is that so? Fuck with me and find out. She called out her number and I saved it to my phone. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like she was about to change for the better. Tia who? I just hit another lick. The fuck you thought? FB4L. Fuck boy for life. Eh. 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 Fuck that nigga. But eh. The book was cool. I mean... Yeah, yeah, okay, I fuck with it. I'm not looking for a sequel. I don't expect there's going to be a sequel, but I fuck with it. Ivy did a good job. Like, yo, I know. Initially, I was like, yo, this nigga sound mad abusive, and he was. But she gave Tia the strength to make her own decisions and everything. I respect that. I appreciate that.
916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave a review on Spotify, leave a review on uh, Podchaser, copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast, and then copy and paste that in the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast, or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast, or on the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you again so much for your time, I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good, I'ma hot you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this feat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you're